Southeast Radio's morning mix. Chat, news, and your views. Alan Corcoran. I'm joined by Fianna Fáil councillor Lisa MacDonald. Good morning to you, Lisa. Good morning, Alan. Lisa, you're very concerned. You believe more, much more needs to be done to address what you describe as antiquated domestic violence protections for victims. And you're now going to explain in detail to us why you're so uh, strong about this whole topic. Why so? Um, well, thank you, Alan, for the opportunity. Um, obviously, in the unfortunate wake of Ashley Murphy's horrific murder, um, the issue of gender-based violence and violence to women homophobic violence has come to the fore yet again. Now, many um, of our um, our groups in Ireland, the, the, the Safe Ireland and, and Women's Aid, have, have been saying since the beginning of the pandemic that domestic violence has increased like unbelievably by, in, by 150% in certain cases. So I think at this stage it's fair enough to say that we're suffering from an epidemic um, in Ireland. The, the courts are out the door um, and we now have a, this minister, Minister McEntee, has a golden opportunity to address the laws in Ireland, which have um, evolved through, let's say, the Catholic Ireland ethos, which has been essentially take the woman out of the home, um, don't punish the man, and don't really look at prevention at all. Let's pretend it's not really happening. And it's that, that, that's the, 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 I suppose, the ethos that has developed our laws. Now, we did have... At the first, the, the first Domestic Violence Act was in 2006. Um, there was a new one brought in in 2018, which brought in uh, defen- uh, um, issues such as coercive control and did strengthen the laws, there's no doubt about it. But really, in real terms, when we see what's happening on the ground, unless we have an integrated approach and a, a, an honest debate, I think, about domestic violence, we're not going to get there to where we need to be. Um, if, if I could just explain to your listeners, there's a, a thing, the first, um, uh, let's call it international convention on domestic violence was the Istanbul Convention, which was brought out in 2011 and sets out really strict um, and strong uh, responses to domestic violence, which is called the three P's, prevention, prosecution, prevention, protection, right. and prosecution. And there's and now a fourth P, isn't there? There's a fourth P being added. Yeah, the minister has introduced the fourth one in fairness to her, and she's right, policy coordination, which means let, let's look at all the different strands. Let's look at education. Let's look at mental health. Let's look at prosecutions. Yeah. And let's bring an over, overarching um, um, response to this, a multi-departmental response. But we didn't sign this until 2019. Ireland didn't sign that until 2019. And we opted out of one very important part, which was that we did not um, sign up to the obligation to provide compensation to victims. So really what we see since the 2018 Act, since the inaction of Istanbul, yeah. is really nothing has changed. We still have refuges calling out for more places but that's the second p and we see a lot of politicians now have honed in on that let's provide more refuge places yes let's provide more refuge places they should have been there in the first place but let's look at the entirety of this education starts in schools let's look at the prevention firstly prevention and then Yes, protection. But also, let's look at Gardaí bringing prosecutions. Let's look at more prosecutions. We saw in the, the media there recently the, the tale of the Fair City actor who served two days for taking clumps out of his partner's hair, who dragged her through the courts for three years to the extent that she was beaten. She was beaten senseless. 
and she he served two days in prison. And that is rare, Alan. It is very rare to see a prosecution for a domestic violence incident. Can so you, can, we can need you to have... You, you told me some horrific stories off air, and I'm not going to compromise you, because if you don't want to share no. them, I won't ask you to share them. But can you give us an example of what you're dealing with on a, on a, ba- on a regular basis here, without identifying well, anybody? Can, can, can you generalise what you've been dealing with? I think behaviour has become unbelievably... Um, you know, um, hard to... I'd say most district court judges now these days don't know what's going to come in the door next. Everything is different. Every story is different. They're all equally horrific, and I don't want to share them um, on air. But what I, on, until they're, they're public knowledge, and I think more of these things need to be public knowledge, but yesterday a woman said to me, she never felt so stigmatised and degraded as having to go in on a Monday morning into the district court and join the queue to get a barring order. Now, that's what we are actually providing as a state in terms of victim protection um, in this day and age, which is actually unbelievable when you think about queuing up for a barring order. That's what she said. So, you know... um, You you also, Lisa, and and correct me if I'm wrong, also had a very interesting, strong view about the the whole area of refuge, that it should be, in some cases, those who are being victimised should remain in the home, and those who are are doing the victimising, they're the ones who should be put into a different form of refuge, really, for for recuperation, I suppose, or rejuvenation, or whatever we want to describe it. Or jail, even, yeah. Or or rehabilitation, yeah. Yes, and it it is very clear in Istanbul in the convention, they say, remove the perpetrators from the house, leave the woman and child in our children, or if it's a same-sex couple, leave the the victim in the house and remove the perpetrator. And make sure, but if that sometimes isn't the possible, and people have to get away in the middle of the night with, you know, with with just the clothes that they have on their back, they leave. Sometimes you hear stories of women leaving um, in the middle of the night to go to a different county. There's that story that was in the paper last week about a woman leaving Dublin and going to Tralee um, for protection. So you can't not do with more refuges but what the law should try to do is leave the victim in the house and Gardini need to give more um, have to have a bigger role there needs to be training we have a long way to go if you look at the 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 the, the, the countries with domestic violence laws that go back over the years 19th century in France when they introduced them first we didn't introduce ours until 1996 to right. correspond with the divorce act you know and uh, remember that I mean it was a, it was a horrible time in, in, in Irish life and society right. so I, you know I, I won't go into that but what I am saying is absolutely I think we do need to have more sufficient and accessible shelters but we also need to look at removing the perpetrator I think it's absolutely vital that we give out a zero tolerance um Okay. approach to this. I don't think the laws are strong enough, um, and I, but I do think that this minister has a golden opportunity and as a woman, and as only one of four women uh, ministers for justice in the history of this state, she has a moral authority as well. So what, uh, what would you see as her priorities? My final question for the moment, because do come back to us on this issue, so what yes. would you see as the minister's priority that if, you, if she could just do one very important thing right now, what do you think she should do? I think she needs to immediately look at prevention and uh, education um, in, in the schools, which is not her role. So what she's talking about is policy coordination. I think that's the first place to go. We, we The Women's Coalition in Wexford County Council brought a, um, a proposal by Breedine Murphy last month in relation to domestic violence education. And this month we're bringing one in relation to a multi-departmental response and a multi-societal response that says this 
type of violence is a crime and it is not good enough um, to say, okay, well, we let the man off the hook. He needs to pay okay. compensation and in, in cases where it's bad enough, he needs to go to jail. And right, look, there, there are comments coming in to say that men also can be the victims of violence. And that particular comment is coming in. Yeah, and in. I know, and we always, we always hear that comment. And it is true, they can always be. But, the, but there's a very high percentage, and I don't know what it is, I, I've seen it recently, it's 80% or 98%, something very high, where I think it's 98% of all um, violence, um, gender-based violence, are perpetrated by men. So, look, I'm no. not men- male bashing in any sense. I'm just dealing with what's there okay. on the ground. And, and, and the, to say, as a state, we really should be ashamed of the level that we're at. We need to do better. Right. I, I have two comments on this issue. In the interest of balance, I've been asked to put them to you. Gus is an Ennis mm. He says, men also suffer domestic violence, both psychological and physical. Please give both sides of the story. And then another comment. What about, what, what about the fact if a complaint is made an instant and barring order is placed on the accused. So, look, there, there are two questions. Can you give your response? Because I, you are a solicitor by profession, so you can yeah. respond legally to me on these if you like. Well, yeah. we can do that. I mean, a barring order, an interim barring order can be obtained, but it's just too hard for victims to go do it themselves. I think the Gardaí need to have a role in that. And certainly in relation to gender-based violence and, as I'm calling for, the full interpl- implementation of the Istanbul Convention, that deals with gender-based violence both for both sexes and also homophobic violence. So it, it covers all um, all threads. But what, but what we are looking at is an epidemic in unbelievable proportions of violence towards women in this country. Femicide seems to be something that is not an, an aggravating factor. Like what, what Istanbul is saying is if the violence happens in the home, there should be aggravating circumstances applied. And in other words, a bigger penalty. Mm-hmm. But what we see is a less penalty, a lesser penalty. It's more excusable. That it, so if you beat the living daylights out of somebody down in a nightclub or something, you'll get jailed for X amount of time. If you do it at home, you probably won't go to jail at all. Strong stuff. Thank you for taking our call yes. this morning. Do keep us up to date, Lisa, with further developments on this and we can get back to this and have a fuller uh, and maybe a panel discussion on this over the coming days as well, which I think would be well received by our Morning Mix listeners and contributors. Southeast Radio's Morning Mix. Chat, news and your views.